Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Online Darts, the live lounge. It is Monday, the 18th of January. We're back on a Monday, but we've got a change on the panel tonight, of course. I'm always here, Phil Bars, joined by Jack Gobby Garwood. But tonight, Dan Simpson, one of the team, is joining us because Jarleth is playing with his Thomas the Tank train tonight and couldn't be bothered to join us. So, gentlemen, how are we? Very <laughs> <laughs> well, much Lovely to join you, brother. And welcome along for your debut. I'll, we'll, we'll let Jack get his um get his breath back after that. <laughs> Excited to join us for the first time, Dan. Oh, yeah, very much. It's lovely to finally be uh, be on live with you both after a couple of podcasts. It's very nice to be along, and, and more than anything, I'm grateful that you have saved me from what could be a really disturbing evening this evening, because I could be watching Newcastle be embarrassed by Arsenal tonight. So I am grateful that you've saved me from that pain to come and join you both this evening. <laughs> Got good week for you? Um, not a very sober week, <laughs> let's put it that way. Um, not bad, not bad at all. There, there are... I've had worse weeks, let's put it that way. Very busy at work, um, really nice weekend. Uh, I, I didn't think I'd get caught up with a lockdown birthday when they started announcing stuff in March last year, but uh, I did, and it was really enjoyable considering. So, yeah, I'm in. Again, hello, everyone in the chat room as well. We're just sharing links on social media so everyone knows we are live. And, of course... The live action is getting nearer. Q score numbers were announced earlier. We're going to talk about that shortly. The Masters on the horizon. Masters, obviously, next week will be the special uh, review show and looking ahead to it. Can't wait for that. But the fact that live darts 
is coming back is exciting, gentlemen. The world was done. The new season is on the horizon. Can't wait. What about you guys? I think it feels like it's coming back. I know just with it being Q School, because it's such a big event with so many people, it feels a little it feels like it's coming back on mass. Like when when we got darts back before, we you know, we, we get the Premier League, which is just a just a you know, a handful of people we're getting those every night. And then we've got sort of bigger and bigger in, in terms of scale. Obviously, prestige wise, the world championships is, is the biggest thing that we've got. But Q scale is Q school is is this is, is mass when it comes to people. And I think that's what's really encouraging is seeing so many darts players being able to get back being competitive again. Um, you know, we've had that elite level and we've been brilliantly entertained by that elite level. But it, I just think it's fantastic that you know professional darts players are going back to work. Yeah, for you, Gob. Q School is the official start of the season. It means we get to go again. And <laughs> just when you thought we might get a little bit of a break, it just comes straight back at you. And the darts calendar is relentless, but it's mint. We get to see potential new tour card players. We get to see those that are going to sit on the Challenge Tour next year. There's a change in format this year that makes Q School really exciting. Okay, there's still a lot of people doubting whether it will go ahead at the minute. I, I think it goes ahead. And the current situations, I, I don't think the PDC push it the way they have or don't push it back and, unless anything's going to change at the minute. Um, I, I just think full steam ahead. The event has to happen for the season to start and it's the potential start of another exciting season. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you, Goblet. I think, obviously, to get the go-ahead, they've had to go through government channels and everything. It, I say, barring a catastrophe with our rate and COVID numbers. I think, look, it's here. Thank God. Um, we're going to talk about the numbers and that in a minute. We haven't got the full list, or I haven't seen it yet. Um, but we'll come on to numbers and everything. Just a little bit of an impromptu, bit of a relaxed feel tonight, guys, for you in the chat room. So there's going to be more chance for you to ask any questions you want as well. And, of course, Dan's here for the first time, so you can get his opinion on anything you want as well. We're going to talk about Q School in numbers. We're going to have a look at what events that we think might be missing from the 2021 calendar when we finally get one. Um, some big news coming out of Australia for the tennis and in general, which I think pretty much cans the World Series, but we'll talk about that. We're going to have a little debate. Icons and legends. What's the difference in the sport? Because I think legends and over overused words we'll come on to that later and then of course we will come on to all your questions in the chat room and already the chat room is buzzing good evening everyone uh rach is back didn't see you in the chat room last week rach can we see your note signed please you all know the rules you signed up for this can't have a week off without a signed note but we've, we've seen jarloff it was signed by mr tank engine we've seen it it was there <laughs> Um, good evening, Luke, as well. One of the team watching along. Hope you are well, buddy. So we'll, we'll, we'll dive straight in, gents. I've got to tee some stuff up here because normally Jar shares all the links and I just make the stuff look pretty on screen, but doing a, doing a double job today. <laughs> and then you rub the people. <laughs> oh, and already spot the first mistake. We've, we've, we've got rid of Gob. Two seconds. I'll, I'll get him back. It's fine. We can we, we can do Look, this. Pitch has got better looking, didn't they? Yeah, 
cheek of the parent. Don't worry, God. Don't worry, God's <laughs> back. We fixed. <laughs> um, and rightly so. Yeah. A road between <laughs> two thorns. Yeah, we, 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 we thought you'd put, put your central stage for this bit, Gob. I thought you deserved it, as it was your birthday. Uh, Lendl, good evening, mate. Don't worry, we've got some FDI stats coming up. Yes, I borrowed something from your Twitter. Don't worry about that, mate. We borrow everything from the show, whether it's the PDT or FDI. It's what we do. Um, right, so first of all, the numbers have been released. Q school in numbers. Considering we are in a global pandemic... 668 across both. Very good numbers, gentlemen. Did you think it was going to be that high? I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't, I didn't, because I believe there was around 500 that had entered before the PDC changed the ruling for accommodation and the event as such. So I thought, I've seen quite a few that have withdrawn on social media. I'm not sure if they've officially withdrawn from these lists or if they're still included and if they've paid their fee and are just clinging on to play challenge tour, but won't actually be attending the Q school event. Um, I am surprised at how high the numbers are, especially your EU or Euro Q school catching up the UK. I think in terms of numbers, that that's a really good turnout for them. Um, interesting considering that's perceived to be the weaker of the two Q schools. Um, but yeah, those numbers overall, massive. Uh, it's pretty much the uh, the Masters prize pot paid for for the PDC, which always helps in a year where they've had no fans <laughs> in. So um, <laughs> they won't be upset about that one at all either. No, uh, definitely. And like you said there, Gob, I'm going to go and throw this one to Dan. European Q school is really catching on now. That's great numbers, considering that people have got to travel across Europe to get to Germany and for all that. Nearly three hundreds, an unbelievable number. It is, and and I, you know, I, I am surprised by the numbers for both. But yeah, it, I mean, really encouraging. I think you know we know. Um, you know, Jar said something last week that was it was really good. You know, we, we've talked for a while. You know, the Germans are coming, but no, the world's coming. And, it, and I do think there's a real depth in that. You know, I think when you go down into that two seven one, you know, the, I think it's not like you know all of a sudden there's another fifty players from there's another fifty Dutch players. You know, there's an extra fifty um, German players. I think I think it, it's a really even or. It's a really broad spread right across Europe, and I, and I know that, you know potentially the North Americans go into that. You know that they, there's a few others that can go that can you know maybe slip into either one. But I just think it's really really encouraging for for the next few years and and, and uh, the exciting potential matches and potential tour card holders that we'll get to watch for the next couple of years. Yeah, definitely. I know this this is far fetched at the moment for you, Gob, but. Obviously, chatting to Steve Brand, the number of academies that are opening in China and things like that, do you think it's beyond the realms that one day we'll see an Asian leg of Q-score and they'll have their own? I don't know at the minute. I think because so much of the tour is based in the UK and Europe, to put an Asian Q-school in would give that, that faux belief for them. Don't get me wrong, it'd be, it'd be far better for them to then have a couple of spots on, on the tour. But in terms of 
the required travel and the commitment to then pretty much move to Europe. It, it would it's not very feasible to base yourself in Asia and try and play the full tour. Got tournaments pretty much every week when the season's in full flow. So I wouldn't mind seeing it. I think the way that they're popping up is massive. We've seen the snooker revolution, if you want, that, that took off in Asia. Uh, Marco Fu, Ding Zhongwei, uh, Yang Bintao on the Masters yesterday, which is massive for them. They, they've got another new superstar. So, A, I think the Asians need a new superstar. B, they keep playing the game. They keep developing the academies. Yes, maybe eventually they get their own Q school, but there needs to be some sort of caveat to that in that the chances are they need to be based in the UK because I don't see the rest of this tour moving abroad anytime soon. I see the odd event going there. I could see us perhaps going back for a, for a World Series, although the crowd wasn't fantastic when we were in that part of the world previously. Um, but, yeah, that's where I'm going with it for now. Right, let's start with UK Q School. 397 entries. 365 of them will enter at Stage 1. Stage 1 split into two sections because of covid rules 183 in one 182 in the other with 18 tour cards on offer european one 271 entries 253 enter at stage one again split in between two bit lower numbers 127 and 126 with 11 tour cards on offer first of all dan do you think they've got the split in tour cards right 18 and 11 I, th- I think for now, I think while the, I think while the entry numbers remain as they are, um, I think it's about right. I think you can, I suppose you can you can knuckle down. I suppose what what I think I su- would really support is, is a a bit of a sort of structured uh, algorithm to it, you know, as, as to where that because it is you know it wouldn't be too complex to look at what the total number of two cards available are look at the total number of entries across all you know across both Q schools and then distribute them accordingly i think that you know that's probably the, the fairest and easiest way of doing it and not a really complex you know it's not a complex algorithm you know you just you just look at how many you've got um and and distribute and distribute them proportionately and i don't think they're far from that you know i think i think they're not far off at you know the, the right distribution but yeah you could maybe you could maybe slip one or two um, towards you know maybe one or two extra to the EU, but there is that argument about whether you know whether the standard is a bit different. It's it, it's going to end up in two separate tournaments, and you don't really know the standard till it's played out, is it? No, hundred uh, percent. One from Juanita from Australia. I say four a.m. where she is in the chat room. Do we know how the players are going to be split into groups A and B? It's literally just a random draw for stage one there is absolutely no seeding they put all the names into a hat press random generate on a computer button and it will tell you where you are so a little bit of luck involved because god we've all seen these random draws a or b could be completely stacked and you could be lucky and be one of the only ones in the other one and slip through into stage two Massive luck. I've literally just seen it in the tournament. I played my first round of a tournament earlier today and I'm, I'm in the top half of a draw. There's 10, 12 players in the 96 tournament that can win it from that top half of the draw. Without being disrespectful, there's two or three in the bottom half. Like Literally, the halves are stacked against each other in terms of names and, and standing at, at university level previously. So, yeah, the, the draw is massive. Um, 
The problem is that there's going to be plenty of entries that won't have ever played PDC before. There's no real fair system of allocating people um, with enough up-to-date data that they've played in other events. Um, it could be huge, though. It, it could be absolutely catastrophic and huge at the same time. Um, it opens up so many avenues for players in that first section if you're on the nicer half of the draw, shall we say. But with that comes its own pressure. Um, you come through the tough half of section A or section B, you set up nicely because that second section is not going to be any easier. So you've still got to go there. You've still got to win the games. Don't get me wrong. There, there have been avenues in the past where people have picked up tour cards that perhaps added more fortunate run to a tour card than other people. But that's how sport works. And that's how we'll get our tour card holders for next year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Now, here's where Lendl, where FDI comes into play. Thank you very much, buddy. Obviously, we haven't got every name from the list yet because they haven't released it, but we've got a few. And by the good old FDI rankings, which we love here at the show, ladies and gentlemen, it gives you an indication of players that we've got some data on that have played this year now on the screen. And out of obviously, we know there's going to be other ones, but out of the ones that we've got data for, gents, who jumps off the page from each of the pools? Ooh. Um, starting in Europe, uh, Cantele, a uh, big fan of him, could see him doing okay, very consistent, very steady. Brian Roman seems to be on a bit of a hurt, Mike Kovenhoven. Surprised to see him back at Cusco. Surprised to see him as one of the ones that dropped his tour card. He had a bit of a purple patch at one point. Um, Damian Moore is the one that I really like the look of, though. Uh, done bits at the development tour this year. Um, really excited to see him go and play. Um, over in the UK, Jim Williams, Scott Mitchell, two outstanding players on the BDO tour in the past. Um, Andrew Gilding is one of the ones I've got my eye on, though. I thought he had a really good year on the Challenge tour. And then again, down to the young lads. Dominic Taylor was fantastic last year. Louis Williams did had a great run at the UK Open. Um, Keelan Kay, upcurrent Irishman. Um, th there's plenty of names that I would not be disappointed to see full-time next year. Are you, Dan? Uh, so if I think if I was to pick an absolute, and I feel bad, pick just it's easy, it's easy to pick the name at the top, isn't it, the rankings. But I think if someone asked me for an absolute banker coming off there, you know, to get a tour card, then then I think Zonneveld is probably, you know, if if I if I had to put a bet on it was an absolute banker who will get a tour card, I think Zonneveld is has just got the the right amount of quality and the right amount of consistency to come through probably whatever. Whatever comes at him, really. Um, UK, I, I really like. I really like the look of Jamie Lewis. Um, you know, I think. I think he's uh, the last few years. He, he's he's put some good performances in. Um, he looked all right at the Worlds. I think. Yeah, I think he's he's probably on a bit of a. You know, maybe just on a bit of a trajectory that might just grind something out there. I, yeah, Jamie Lewis, I think, for, from the UK. Yeah, look, I'm looking at the UK. There's obviously. There's, there's two on there that maybe for nostalgia reasons, but I'd love Robert Thornton to, to get his tour card back. But the, the one that, that jumps off is Richie Burnett. How good would it be to have Richie Burnett on tour for two years? Yeah, agreed. I'm just, 
I'm just looking at the names. Burnett, former world champion. Scott Mitchell, former world champion. Jim Williams, former world finalist. Um, Jan Decker, former world semi-finalist. Jamie Lewis, world semi-finalist. Kurt Shepard, world finalist. Uh, Joe Davis, world youth finalist. That's mad. And none of these guys are classed as a professional in the PDC as yet. Yeah, no, absolute madness. And like we say, these are the players that we know are in stage two because they've dropped off the tour, um, dev tour and, and everything like that. So we know they are in stage two. But some of the players that are going to be in stage one, the likes of Fallon Sherrick, again, huge danger. Nico Kurtz as well. Can't believe he's not on there. Um, thought he might have just scraped into stage two because of his like um, world and Euro tour exploits, but but not. Um, it's going to be interesting. It really is. And of course, we are going to be doing a load of Q school stuff on the show when it happens. So you don't miss any of the action. But gents, going back to Q school, do you think it changes the dynamic, the fact that they are now in a bubble for this year's? Q school. Do you think that changes their mindset being stuck as well? If you go out early one day, you've basically got 24 hours to stew. Um, I think. Go on, Gob. Possibly, but I'm not with restrictions the way they are, and possibly an impending summer series or spring series again, like we see before. That's the, that's just. Environment they're gonna to have to get used to for a while. That that's the life professional dart player. You've got to be able to compartmentalize that, put it to one side. Okay, I've had a bad day, get ready and go again. Go and hit the practice board for a bit. Just try and stay as relaxed as possible. Use the facilities around you, get your food in, get your sleep properly, make sure you're well equipped before you get to the hotel. Take plenty of snacks that you're gonna like. Take a games console if you need something to unwind with. Don't just sit there relying on normal TV because that will absolutely drain you. As someone that's played a dev tour and that's only two days, like make sure you've got some form of entertainment with you, especially as we're not entirely sure of the testing procedure, but if these guys all need to be full COVID tested, not PCR, there's going to be a lot of downtime before they're even allowed to play as well. So that's before they're even allowed to leave the room and pick up a dart and get into the arena, familiar as I familiarise themselves with that and, and get on a practice board as well. So, yeah, this Q school is going to be more about mental strength than any of the ones before. For you, Dan? I think I think we've seen since we've started to get darts back that there's players that some players will go one way or the other in that there's players that it, it will have a detrimental effect on and, the, and they'll really struggle. And, and they, you know, if they do have an, if they go out early one day, they, they'll, you know, they'll lose themselves for the rest of the day and they won't, and, 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 they'll, and it'll knock them for the week. I think there's, there's others who have, you know, let's be honest, we've seen people who we probably didn't expect who've really flourished in this environment, even though it's really strange. And, and it might be, you know, sometimes that, those that do just want to hit the practice board and who can come away from that, get back on the board in the afternoon. Like Gob said, you know, those that are organised, that have, you know, that, that sort out what they're going to eat and they know how they're going to relax and they, you know, that, that have maybe formed some, some friendships within that bubble. I think you could see people, you might see unexpected performances and people really excelling just through being able to adapt to the environment better than other people, not so much just bringing a better game of darts. 
with that then, do we think that some of the players on that list that have played in the events this year, like the Autumn Series, the Winter Series, have got a better understanding of the environment and that gives them a better chance going into this? Yes and no. I mean, the fact they've already been there is good. The majority of these names have played in a PDC event before, so so know the setup, are comfortable with the atmosphere and environment anyway. I think the great leveller here is that these guys don't play until stage two, right? So they've been in the atmosphere before, they've been in the environment before, and they've, they've got that head start, but their opponents have got at least three days worth of, well, potentially three days worth of, of match practice in. As, as daft as it sounds... Yeah. I'd almost be more happy winning my tour card on points on the final day of 1B than I would anything else because that means I've played darts solid for a good couple of days. I've built up and I'm in good form. If I win it first day of 1A, I've then got five days downtime before I'm playing in stage two. Same with 1B. You've got that downtime. All right, winning it outright completely takes the pressure off your shoulders. You're there, you've done it, you're in stage two, whatever. But in terms of, for me, I'm better when I play more and more darts. And I think a lot of these boys will be as well. Gary Anderson is the prime example. Like, you put a dart in his hand, he's okay. Tell him to go practice. Not great. These boys need match practice. So getting through as a points holder on two on 1B is, is the way to go for me. And just play straight, straight through. No, I agree. Um, for those that are in the chat room, any Q school questions, get them in right now, guys. We will answer the Q school questions. I've got one here for Dan. I'm not going to get Gob to answer this because we know what the answer will be. But <laughs> from Daz, Daz, this this one's your question for Dan. Do you think Barney will get his tour card back? Uh, if I, if I, yeah, I do. I think it's. I, I think. Um, I, I, so when you know, I suppose what we were just saying, uh, what we were just talking about there, you know, the the environment is going to be unusual to everyone, you know, Barney included, um, uh, and people are going to find it difficult to adapt. It's all a bit strange, and I think one of the things that just people that just you know will get people over the line is experience. Now, you know, he's arguably played in. He's got more experience playing in high pressure situations than anybody else that's in Q school this year in e, in either set. Um, now, I could be made to look a complete fool, and I could be wrong. It's happened before. I think it was a Wednesday, um, just the once. But, I, you know, I, I, yeah, I just think he's too I think he's too good. I think his natural talent, I think Barney on a bad day, turning up, chucking darts at the wall, just, just, just gets through. I don't, I, don't think it's a, I don't think it's up for debate. Yeah, I think if he gets through stage one, then I agree. I think if he's in stage two, I think he gets one just on pure experience and, and everything um, alone. Um, one from Steve, it's to me, but we'll, answer, we'll throw it open to the whole room. Do we think Jim Williams will get a tour card? If I remember serves me correct, he only just missed out last year, didn't he? On the yeah, final day. Still in on the final day. Yeah. My only con- my concern is... good enough. My only concern is how much competitive darts has he played this year and leading up to to Q school. That's my my only slight reservation about Jim Williams. 100% good enough. 
and I'd like to see him on tour. I, th- I think he'd make a good addition to tour, yeah. Wheelio World Finalist. He's got that relationship with Dozer as well that I think would help him settle into life as a PDC darts player pretty quickly. You see little cliques or friendship groups on the tour. Jim would be able to slot straight into one of them, which I think would make him very comfortable playing at darts events. You see a lot of players and unknowns that come through that don't really have that. Ones that aren't with any sort of management company that come through as as an independent player to start with. They don't really have that group to go around to, to go to events with that are comfortable traveling that help them settle into that life so yeah look he's he's got the game for it he's he's got the the management company and the friends around him to adapt to life pretty quickly can he hold it together and, and get over line after this point of last year it's going to be the big thing because without being respectful with q score not going his way last year and the world final not going his way this year his last two tastes of what we think is his most recent competitive darts have been massive disappointments for him yeah, just just looking back though, did he, he played in the winter series, didn't he? And he had some half decent performances, if my memory serves me right. Pass. You just killed off my big line now. If so, <laughs> 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 completely forgot um, he was on the challenge. One from Andrew is how many um, from each of the lists that we've got up at the moment, do you think will win a tour card? Good question. Um, Was it 18 and 11? 18 and 11, yeah. I think at least eight of the European Q School card holders come from that list there. Eight of 11, really? Yeah, I, I seriously do. I just think these guys are experienced enough. And whilst the field is quite big, it is a little bit disrespectful to say. But again, the standard of the lower entries and and the the bulk of the European tour aren't the level of tour card holders, aren't the level of challenge tour players. And darts is gaining interest and excitement, but the level is still lagging up behind a little bit in Europe. There'll be players that can have a good day or a good game, but in terms of consistency to get over line and win a card, the guys on that list are the ones to do it. So I think maybe seven, seven or eight of 11 of the European Q score card holders come from that list. Um, I'm going to say seven on the UK as well. Obviously slightly bigger field, depends who else has entered and is coming through. There's plenty of guys that have been around and done it before that I've seen floating about on socials that are entering. Um, yeah, so I'm going to say seven and seven. For you, Dan? I reckon I reckon it's it's about 50%. I was, I, I was for the Europeans, I was going six. And, I, and I, I just think the sheer numbers push me off going, like just going any higher than that. I just think there's too many... Too many differentials, too many different things that can happen when you've got that many people in, you know, in, in a tournament. Again, with the UK one, I think I was gonna, yeah, I'd probably say, I'd probably say about fifty percent. I'd, I'd probably go nine. Um, you know, nine, nine, nine of those get one. And I think the other nine come from outside of that group. I'd, I'd go just over fifty percent European, go six. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. I, I'm around that sort of number. 
as as well. I just think that the, the European one, I think there might be a few surprises. Let's carry on going through the questions on Q score before we move on. Rach, is there a minimum average as a requirement? No, basically, if you want to pay £450, you could have put your name in the hat and played, basically. Um, so and there we go. Your hotel. Yeah. Um, yeah, all good. Thanks, Dan. Um, here we've got D-Style Beats. Um, how do you see the chances of the German players? Um, are there any players that you would like to see on tour? Greetings from Germany. Hello to everyone watching in Germany. Hope you are enjoying the show. Um, I think the last couple of Euro tours looked really, really good for German darts. There was a lot of unknowns that were coming through and, and producing some some good stuff. Obviously, everyone knows that I'm a huge fan of Nico Kurtz, and I think he wins one. Um, just looking who else is on the list there. Um, Christian Bunzer, again, I think he's been around the block enough now. Um, and I think there'll be some that come through from stage one as well. I don't know what you guys feel. I think Kurtz is a really good shout. Sorry, Dan, go on. No, go on, mate. Go on. Go on. You set off. I'm still Googling. I just think the depth is growing. I literally just did a, a quick Google of German darts players to refresh your memory. And the likes of Kevin Munch, seen him in a World Cup uh, World Championship before, Langendorf, Unterbuchner, um, Rosenhauer, Nico Blum, a uh, good youth player. Um, and Roach, who played Roach, I can't remember. We went for his name last week, and I still don't know how to pronounce it. Um, yeah, I know, they, we they know you mean. Good. Yeah, he had that on Real European Tour. Someone will put it in the chat in a minute, and I still won't be able to say it. Um, look, they're growing. They're getting better. Um, I expect three, maybe four of the 11 to be German. I think the majority will be German or Dutch that, that do come through as card holders. Um, yeah, their chances of picking up more cards are getting better and better every year. The more and more we take European tours there, the more and more they get home nation qualifiers, the more and more they play in PDC darts, the better they're going to get. Yeah, so the, the one that I forgot that jumps off, and I thought he was unlucky at the back end of the year, made a lot of technical changes. Obviously, I was lucky enough to commentate on a few of his games on the home tour. It was Martin Schindler, who's really starting to impress me again. I think, obviously, the, the the slide that he'd been on was too far gone to correct it. But the back end of the year, I saw some some real signs that Martin Schindler was on the up again. Yeah, I mean, his uh, World Cup performance against Marco Van Gogh in the other year was absolutely unbelievable. It was a great game, that. He, he got the top-level game. I've seen it firsthand on the Dev Tour, but he needs to deliver it pro level again and I think that the pressure of being up there with Max as, as Germany's one and two for a while may have caused that slide but the technical change looks good for him 100% right going through I've got that go on Dan I was just saying, I just on Shinda, I just think he's got time. I know, you know, we think, you know, he might have been put off by just, you know, not not being, at the, you know, the rest of the German dance players potentially, you know, coming coming past him, potentially overtaking him. But, like, he's 24. 
You know, like he's he's got he's got loads of time. He's got lo- and, and you would you would hope that at twenty four, he's you know that that sort of stuff about you know the the other. You would hope at twenty four years old, the the fact that other darts players were, were were moving ahead of him in the rankings and getting in sports ahead of him would do nothing other than fire him up with a bit of luck. Um, and I think I I agree for I think he's a really good shout. Yeah, definitely. Right, going through the questions on Q School. Good evening, John. Patrick, good evening, mate. How are we all doing? He says, will we see a new nation on tour 2021? Last year, we had Czech Republic and Croatia. Good question. Do I think... One that I probably should have spent more time on Twitter for before he asked. Um... (laughs) (laughs) There's plenty of guys that understand the niche corners of the world of darts better than we do. Um, pass is the honest answer without looking into it. Um, I just I'm to think who could I think this through. year is the, the COVID situation. I think for the certainly for the next 18 to 24 months will be the biggest deciding factor on where we do and don't get to have darts events. I think that you know, I think the PDC have done an amazing job so far, and, I, and I'm convinced we'll continue to to get events where they can, in any way they can. And I think you've got the potential that we might see some events in places we never expected because, you know, the, the, the situation regarding COVID is, is, makes life easier and makes it easier to put something on. By the same token, the things we, we want as an absolute banker might not we might not see there. I, I think 18 to 24 months, I think, unfortunately, the COVID situation will dictate what, what we do and don't get in, in terms of something new and interesting. Yeah. Um, so Jason has asked, "Evening all, does France Russia have a tour card?" Of um, no, but again, he did on the play really well on the Euro Tour. And yes, Nico Kurtz is going to Q School for John um, Patrick um, Coltsoff and Tiro Trickle, or whatever you pronounce the name, the French lad has a chance. Yeah, look, I'm a huge fan of Boris Coltsoff. That action when it's yeah. on, it is like silk. Um, we saw that in I the Boris. I think he's, he's three years behind where it should be. Boris should have been a talk card holder and he should have been beating people. He's, his top level game is absolutely unbelievable. But the unfortunate thing for Boris is when it's off, it's it's quite bad. Um, I think Patrick yeah. suggested that because would Koltsov and Tricol be the first Russian and French to have a talk card? Um... Hasn't Boris had a tour card before? Am I making that up? No, I thought he had one and lost it. Yeah, um, no, but yeah, certainly you'll be the first friend. Certainly, um, Trickle would be the first French to have a tour card if he can get one. So, yeah, we could have um, France added to to the list. Um, I'd love good Boris. Would Diogo be the first? Has Diogo had a card yet? No, he hasn't. So, yeah, um, Diogo could possibly be the first Brazilian. Um, So, yeah, good evening, Charlie, joining us, mate. Congratulations. Thanks for for joining us this evening. So that's kind of Q-School. We will be doing a Q-School special once we have all the names once we know who's in what pot and group, and we can do a proper in-depth look at that one. So now we're going to move on to where we think the 2021 tour 
Now, a lot of talk about that at the moment, gents. What do we think we're going to lose from the tour? Is it fair to say that I don't see any World Series events happening this year? I don't know. It's hard to see it. I think it's hard to see it now. Today, you know, and, and and I think we, you know, we all know that, you know, the, the goalposts keep moving and things keep changing. I think it's very difficult to see, re, you know, in the next 12 months, a World, World Series events taking place. So it pains me to say it, but I think you might be right on that one, Phil. Well, I, I just look at, especially on Twitter, like the all the athletes, all the, all the tennis players, what they're having to go through to get into playing the Australian Open. That's just not feasible for for darts, is it? Is is the thing? No. Because so that, that's why I say I think it's virtually impossible to get, especially down under for the World Series. God, what do you reckon? I don't know because the PDC clearly love the event. That they love the tournament. They love the World Series. Like they, they've put a lot of time and effort into getting it into. Uh, MSG in in New York. They've spent a lot of time growing it, and it's been a great tool and asset for them to grow the game. And I just think darts in the UK has seen a massive surge almost because people are playing it at home during lockdown. The, the first lockdown, the amount of money that the manufacturers made off dartboards and and sales of darts and flights and stems must have been absolutely unbelievable because everybody's got bored up nowadays. Um, and if the rest of the world has taken that on board as well, okay, there will be difficulty getting the top players there and hosting the qualifiers. But the chance to show that you keep practicing at home, you can be here, is massive to those countries to potentially find in new talent. I just think that this is the only sport in the world, really, where you can just keep practicing at home, practicing at home, and suddenly you could be a professional. You just don't really see yeah. it anywhere else. And it's relatively accessible and cheap to do as well compared to other sports. Like, all right, pool and snooker, you could go and practice all you want at home if you've got a big enough house. But I ain't got a big enough house for a 12-foot snooker table. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I think, if any, we might get New York and Copenhagen. Then, or maybe Germany thrown in as well. But... That's as far I, I think, as I see the World Series going. Yeah, I think Northern Europe and Northern Europe and, and, and North America. I mean, just looking, you know, without wanting, I don't want to get into the nitty gritty of it because it's 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 no fun to talk about. But you know, Canada's Canada's really deeply locked down and struggling a little bit. America, we might see some differences. You know, come what is it? Is it two days? Forty-eight hours. New president. Um, you know, I think things will change there a little bit. Whether that means that, that that could go one or the other, that could mean that everything gets sorted out a little bit better, and all of a sudden we can get look forward to some events. It might be that all that you know tightening has to then start happening over there, and we don't get anything. Um, you know, if I look at the practical terms of what I think, you know, where we can get stuff to, yeah, I think you know that potentially Northern Europe, um, you know, Scandinavia, maybe Germany. You know, Germany's a decent potential to get people across backwards and forwards. Um, North America, but yeah, I think that um, you know, I think Australia would be a real push. Um, I think yeah, it's it's, it's going to be tough, but I, you know, I think I think the PDC will, will, will do, they'll do what they can. I just don't know what that'll be at the minute. 
in terms of the rest of the calendar, obviously we've got an interview coming out, which will explain more in the next few days, but the Euro Tour isn't going to be a full Euro Tour. Um, that's going to have, obviously have an impact. Where else do we think we could potentially lose stuff? Or do you think we'll get most of the tour in 2021? I'm anxious for the development tour and the challenge tour. I'm anxious for those those second tier tours that, that are the feeders. Um, the, the pro tours, are uh, once you get a tour card, they're now free to enter. The challenge and the, the development tours aren't. So unless they're all going to take place at the same time, same weekend, same bubble, that sort of thing, and just spread it out over a larger venue, I just think the costs of putting them on and, and mass test miners almost or a portion of the field being miners would be a real difficulty for the development tour. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I, I, I can't see the Champions League returning. Um, I think that would be incredibly... I, I just think once the deal didn't go through last year, I, I think that one's pretty much dead in the water. ITV are doing a great job as the old-style ITV4. Right? Not quite terrestrial, but free-to-air TV with the digital switchover that happened a few years ago. Um, and the Minehead events, I don't think they're in trouble of dropping off the calendar, but I think they're in trouble in terms of going ahead at Minehead or Butlins. Um, great venue. Me and Jar absolutely rave about it, as do a lot of fans that go down there. But I just think sticking fans on that site for two, three days, it, it's just a recipe for trouble. If even the smallest outbreak happens, it's just bad press. It's bad attention, why is this going off in the way it is? Um, so I think that they'll be moved to a different location, but we'll still go ahead. I think one of the so things I, that I, one I, of the considerations... Oh, go on, Phil. No, go on, Dan, you go, mate. I just think one of the considerations with, with things, you know, that you know, Minehead, Skegness, those those sort of things is, um, you know, whilst to, to us Darts fans, like, that's, a, you know, that's massive, like, that's, you know, we all want to get to that place for that event... And that's a huge, big deal. In in you know, if, if I detach myself as a darts fan and think as a, you know, as a businessman that, that runs a, an organisation, you think, well, that's that's one weekend or that's one event that brings a lot of people to that. But they've got like a whole year of those things. And, and if they if you have to move in the calendar and you think, well, we can't do it when we'd normally do the darts, we've got to do it at another time. You then you're then going to start. You've, you've then got Butlins thinking, oh yeah, well that means we can't have the the WWE on because that's when we do that, and as you know, you start to clash with other things for them. Um, you're also clashing well, people generally go on their... holiday. <laughs> well, that, that's what I was going to say. You know, the, you know, the Butlins don't need to put an event on in the six weeks holidays because everything is sold out. But you want to put the darts on in that time? That's the only time we can slot it in. All of a sudden, you you know, they, they, they you, they're not. It's not as simple as it normally is. Where they they take now. Let's be honest. The, when the darts is on at Butlins, that's a quiet weekend for Butlins. If the darts isn't on, people aren't flocking there for their holidays. That's why it works for everybody. I think where the complications and the difficulties come is when we when we can't run the normal darts calendar on the dates we normally would. Um, that's when that's when everything just goes out the window a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, no. Look, I might be over enthusiastic or over optimism. But I genuinely think the back half of the year we will see the arenas as we once saw them. Genuinely believe that. The, the back end of the year, 
we will see normality. Convinced I that we will have a good crowd at Blackpool in July. Oh, I hope right so. Now, Blackpool are going to go. Genuinely, genuinely believe that. Um, I'm going to go through some questions, guys. Put your thinking caps on about the tour whilst we go through some of them. Um, good evening, Gary, mate. How are you doing? Um, Andrew, they're probably going to use the World Series period to catch up on postponed events. Yeah, there's a very good chance of that. Um, Gary, again, when do I feel, when do we think the Premier League will start? Interesting one. That's what I was coming on to. When do you guys see the Premier League starting? Because Matt made it quite clear on World Finals Day that they weren't prepared to start it until there was crowds. I think you mentioned a sweet spot in the last sentence you said there, Phil, where you talked about July. And I, I think um, the I, I think the way the landscape is changing in the country at the moment, the rate at which we are vaccinating people, the way you know, I, I don't think the dates that we are we were hoping for are going to come through. I, I think I think we're into the summer, um, and and which then makes me think, well, I don't know if we can do a weekly Thursday night format. You know, if it's going to be somewhat different that they have to do with that, but um, yeah, I think I think July probably before we can get people sat at tables, um, all going, you know, having a drink, staying till after ten pm, perhaps, you know, that's about be my guess. For you, Gob, I think it's an absolute minefield. If they're not putting it until crowds are back, the problem is that the back end of the calendar is so congested with televised events as it is. Um, I honestly don't know. The summer looks okay until you consider that I don't think you're going to get a 13-week gap between any of the traditional major slots anyway, even if you drop the World Series, um, unless you're going to start pushing back the Grand Prix and the Grand Slam. And even then, I think the window gets a bit tight. You're then also going to start competing with um, the regular football season again. If you try and bring it a little bit earlier, we've got the World Cup and the Olympics this year. Are you really going to draw a crowd on a on a Thursday night or a couple of nights a week and try and congest it in comparison to that? I just think in terms of a broadcasting schedule, it works when it works in the season for a reason. And pushing it back just creates a logistical nightmare for them. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Look, I think could we potentially end of May, like Dan said, if we're getting everyone vaccinated, like they keep saying, then we've got a huge chance of getting bums on seats. So my guess is I think we'll see Pro Tours for the first third of the year. Yeah, and I think maybe, it depends maybe. on what the threshold is and what the access. Oh, we've lost Dan. Wouldn't, wouldn't be a live round without me. technical hit. It's not me. And it's not, yes. it's not good for a change. What is going on? Um, <laughs> me and Gob will keep talking. Don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll get Dan back. It wouldn't be a live round without a technical hitch. Um, Gary, yeah, we're struggling here in Canada. Yeah, I was speaking to Jeff Smith the other day and he said that as well. Um, John, what happens to the card holders, the card holders, 
who are trying to move up the rankings, if there isn't enough tournaments to earn them any money, TV tournaments are great for the not 32. Yeah, look, I think last year the PDC did a great job of making sure there was still enough Pro Tours for, for it to matter. And I think they'll do the, the, the same this year as well. What about you, Rob? Yeah, I think so. Look, look, the tour card holders are everything to the PDC. That's why Q School has to take place. And ultimately, I think they did a great job looking after them last year. The home tour ensured that they were still playing darts regularly if they wanted it. The, the pro tours through the mini series, they worked really well and ensured that the players still had income. They had a hardship from, from the PDPA. They looked after their guys. And I just think that will happen again this year it just becomes very difficult and will take something radical as an adjustment to the world rankings and, and the order of merit. And that's, I think, is a consideration that the PDC needs to have or have had before this season goes ahead is that if they're going to start pushing events back and back and back, money's dropping off players' rankings before they get an opportunity to defend it. And that can be a big, yeah. big issue for some of these players if they're not getting the opportunity to replenish that. All right, Dan's back. Serves him right for saying Barney was going to win a tour card. None of that nonsense on Marshall. <laughs> I think um, I, I got. I think I, I got boot. I think I, I thought you might have pushed the button on me there and booted me after my uh, outrageous <laughs> suggestion. The old ejector seat button. Um, a lot of talk yeah. as well around the UK Open. I don't think we're out of line for saying this, but I don't see the UK Open happening in the dates it was meant to. Barry gives a lot away on social media by stuff he doesn't say. And listening to him replying to a lot of people asking questions, I think the UK Open's going to get moved. Do we agree? Yeah. I think so. Part of part of the draw of the UK Open is that I can turn up and, and go and compete against Gary Anderson. I can go and compete against Michael Van Gerwen if I come through an amateur qualifier. And I think that has to remain as as part of as as part of the tournament, as, as part of the qualifying criteria. Um if, if we lose it once, I don't see us ever getting it back again. And it can't be the FA Cup of Darts and all the other cliches that we, we chuck at that tournament without that aspect. And whilst there may be exemptions for professional sport, I'm not getting an exemption to pop down to Riley's Nottingham and, and play against one of the lads I went to uni with in the first round. That that's not that's not exemption level professional sport. So until they can be open successfully, that's gonna be an issue. Or we could see a radical partnership or idea to, to host these qualifiers. But yeah, the minute without that aspect being available, that would put a real hamper happening, hampener, one of those two, on the UK Open. You in agreement, Dan? Yeah, and I think I'll bit the nail on the head in that. That's the you know I think as a as a as a as someone who enjoys the aspect of it, but you know the FA Cup of Darts is a great, you know, is a great thing. You know, we can all go and play locally, and you never know. You, you, you know, that some somebody somewhere has the potential to play, yeah, to play Gerwin Price in a match. And, and I think if you remove that, if that isn't the case, then 
what's the point in the tournament? What you know, where where is that tournament different to you know three four other things on the calendar we're going to try and squeeze in anyway? So I, I I do think if you can't do it like that, and you know there's it's. 2021 there's some clever things they can do they can do some stuff online but then you know the validity and the and the and the integrity of, of that people will relentlessly question um if you start to do qualifying online and things people there will be people that will sit and pick apart everybody's integrity and, and how that's been done um but I, I don't think i don't think there's any point in doing it unless you can completely open it that your man off the street can go down to riley's and, and have a crack at it yeah, no, completely agree. Um, just looking in the chat room, I feel a bit like Cilla Black here. Oh, Rach and where are we? Rach and John, a little bit of flirting going on in the chat room, liking this, liking this, guys. You know, behind door number one. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep the chat room buzzing, guys. It's absolutely brilliant to see you all there. Um, I scrapped the players and the World Cup. Uh, the no. World Cup now they're getting scrapped. World Cup's never getting scrapped. You saw if it was ever going to get scrapped, it scrapped. would have been this year. No, but I'm just thinking, look at the look at the amount of trouble they went through to yeah. play the World Cup this year. If it was ever going to yeah. get done, they could have easily canned it like last year and didn't. So the World Cup never happening, unfortunately. And plus, God loves it. Um, well, I mean, I'm biased. It's my favourite event, but the World Cup is not getting touched. And... You can't cancel the players because that's the concept of the Pro Tours. They're yeah, literally uh, qualifying for the Players' Championship finals. It's a Pro Tour final, effectively, just played in front of TV cameras. So it, it's not happening. It's, it's not getting cancelled. I, I like no. that we're trying to come up with different ideas and make space in the calendar, but they're not cancelling the Players' Championship anytime soon. No, I completely agree. Rachel says Spring Series. Yeah, I think it's probably... Whether they call it the Spring Series is another matter, but look, as soon as Q School's done, I expect to see a block of however many quite soon after it. They'll probably call it the Spring Series in fairness, right? So, yeah, I'd go with that. Um, Dan, we've covered the UK Open there. Luke, great point. God, don't tell him that. Christ, whenever at <laughs> the end of it. Um, when it, do you think, um, or do you think they would do a Q School type bubble for the UK Open? just wouldn't work because, like um, Gobbles and that said there, we haven't got the amateur aspect of it. So I don't think so. Is um, the one on that. Do you reckon the UK Open prize money uh, – or, sorry, um, do you reckon they'll double the UK Open prize money by scrapping the players' championships? Uh, no, it will always be two completely different events because of the qualifying criteria for them both. Every tour card holder has qualified for the UK Open – but not every tour card holder qualifies for the players' championships. So two completely different um, events. Um, Rachel flirting, crying, laughing face. You know, we all saw it. That's what the chat room's here for, folks. For people to get on. Always positivity on here. So any more questions about the 2021 calendar, what we think, what we might lose? We're obviously not going to gain anything. Um, so, last one from you boys. Anything else you think we'll lose, or do you think, apart from the World Series, they'll find a way to get everything else in? And the Champions League. I think that's. I think the Champions League's done. Well, that went last year, didn't think, it? So that's... yeah, yeah. But I don't. I don't. I think that's buried. 
Um, too early to be making any dark jokes about Barry. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's about <laughs> it. Uh, obviously, you, you said that we're getting a shorter European tour this year. Um, I'd expect a, a still 20 pro tour season, whether that be in four blocks of five or or spread out um, a bit different. Um, so, yeah. That's it. That's about I think, it. I think that's all we're going to lose. A little bit more compact. Pro Tours, not as spaced out. Or maybe in blocks of three or four, not even fives. I think five for a full week's a bit long. If you can have a long weekend, there are still players trying to make their way in darts that have jobs and make a living. And, and booking blocks of five off isn't always going to be possible for the players. Uh, right, let's go through a quick comment. Gary, quick comment. Gob, Phil, Dan, you guys are brilliant. Cheers, mate. Glad you're enjoying the show. That's why we're here. It's never said that with Jarvis. Yeah, we 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 sit here on waffle for, for for you guys to enjoy. Um, one from Johnny. Who do you not like that was... smile from Dan? Look at that. He's got a <laughs> in the background, a beer in his hand, and a grin like that. We've made his Monday look. Uh, who do you think will flourish this year? Oh, good question. Who do I think will flourish this year? There's two that I'm really looking forward to seeing play that have just won tour cards. One of them is a star already, which is Keen Barry. And the other one that I think will do a lot of damage on the tour is David Evans. Really looking forward to seeing them two starting their PDC Pro careers. Gob's busy um, Googling as we speak. Darts, Frankie. Just, just scrolling. Com. Just scrolling. <laughs> well, all right, I won't scroll and I'll, I'll just pick the top boys. Flourish means different things to me and you. I think 2021 sees the return to absolute top level kick your ass form of Gary Anderson. And I genuinely believe he, he's going to have a big year. People should be very afraid of him declaring that he's coming for this year. Um, and I think <laughs> Devin Peterson's the other one. He had, a, he had a great purple patch in the middle of last year. Injuries and, and so on have hampered him a little bit, but he's proved he's got the mentality to get over the line in a big one. And he's definitely shown he's got the game. He'll get the technical adjustments right, and then he'll start his assault on the world rankings again. He'll be in the top 16 by the end of the year. I tell you that there's one, before Dan jumps in, there's one that I really hope wins a tour card and commits to the tour is Matt Campbell. Yes. Yeah, I, absolutely I agree. Saw, I just saw so much ability in the World Cup and then at, at the Worlds, I really hope that he comes over, smashes it and, and, and does the tour. So, yeah, he'd be another one that I'm really looking forward to potentially seeing play um, this year. Let's scroll through. Um, do you think hang on, we will hang have on, another... Hang on. I haven't talked about Glenn yet. It's <laughs> <laughs> only taking you an hour. <laughs> no, I'm going to talk about his man. I'm gonna, and, and it's after nine o'clock, so I can swear. Uh, no, I, I, to be honest, it, it's... <laughs> My girlfriend um, did dinner as well. She had a dozer and is like, ooh. I know we need to. I need to have a chat with it. We've got something in common. We no. I I think he. Um. I think he do. I think he's got a good year. I I I think 
It's a real shame because obviously that he had an absolutely outrageous Premier League, and then the COVID thing came, and I just thought, like, I, and I, I, you know, I banged on about it through the World Championships that it just looked um, like he was right on the up again at the end of last year. But I think, I think one of the things we talked about earlier is is the the you know experience, consistency, being able to keep a relative level head is going to be important this year. And I think that you know I think that he's he's Mister Steady, isn't he? Mister Mister Steady, where he's not. Going, I don't think he's going to electrify. I just think he's going to keep you know just keep consistently performing quite well. But I think and and now without banging on too much, I think Joe Cullen is is my big shout for this year. And I think as a darts fan. I think we've seen, you know, in the last week or so, you know, Gerwin Price on Soccer AM, um, you know, people, there are people within darts at the minute on the up who can sort of cross that threshold into, you know, mainstream, making mainstream television appearances who can who can bring a bit of a, you know, something different. I think Joe Cullen has a bit of that. I think he's, he's, he's got the right type of persona, the right type of personality, um, and I, I, I'd, I'd love to see him have a really good year and really kick on because I think it's good for darts. I agree. A couple of really good comments here. Uh, Andrew, blocks of five are better than three or four for those that have jobs. From that respect, however, some certain players that um, practice a lot before, five days of practicing takes its toll. That's all I'm saying. Perhaps on day four and five, the, um, the body's not equipped to... To, to take it so we might see better performances uh john i like david evans good evening to our friends over in america at the cdc thanks very much for joining us as always guys appreciate your support mace chris mason in the house good evening mace this one's for you god he's really looking forward to seeing barney in the premier league ha 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 almost <laughs> as excited as everybody is to see chris mason's wardrobe at the uk open <laughs> uh, loving the banter I, uh, I really like the young German Kurt so, yeah, don't we all, absolute top draw um, here we've got Luke uh, Devon's a good shout, hitting loads of 180s seconds a month, the only problem is Luke, he's not in the Masters so he hasn't got a chance to impress um, Andrew, yeah love to see Cullen have a good year yeah, so Right, now we're going to have a little bit of a, an impromptu debate in the sports. Oh, sorry, yeah, we'll do this one from Callum, first of all. And it was um over there. Do we think there'll be another woman on the tour this year? Yes, I do. Yeah. I think... I know who Phil does. The Queen, Jeez, the queen does it. This is going to be a bigger love inception than Dan's just done with Duzzer. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I just think... Fallon's top draw, and I think she wins her tour card. Um, I said this last week or the week before. I think Fallon was in a better position to win a tour card under the old Q score system. I think having to go through stage one and two makes it that a little bit more difficult. You need a, an even longer period of consistency at that top top level. Um, she's got the game completely, um, but yeah, it, it's a tougher assignment this year than it would have been last year. Uh, I think if we get, I think if we get a female to a card winner out of Q school, it's not Fallon. Um, 
I, I just an outsider. I just, I think, um, I think Suzuki might, might just, might just put something together. Um, she I think it, it makes it. A bit... She I, 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 I saw something today. I haven't, so I've not seen anything in black and white. But I saw, I saw some rumblings on social media today that she was going to be there and playing in in the UK Q School. Um, I haven't, I've not seen anything confirmed, but I've, I've seen uh, comments and and people sort of saying that that was the case. Um, and and I think if she does, I, I I think she I think she does all right, you know. I th- I think the standards she's capable of playing. Again, you know, we've not seen a great deal of her of late because of everything that's gone on this year. We don't know how she's going to turn up. Um, but I think if if she's there, I think if there's a, a female that comes out of it, I think it's it's Suzuki rather than Fallon. Interesting. Right, let's go through some questions here before we move on. One name each. Who is the most likely to be fined the most in 2020 by the DRA? <laughs> oh, Ooh. Rach, you're killing us. Um, <laughs> who do I think the two go tos aren't currently tour card holders? The go-to is, without doubt, every single time, Roby John Rodriguez. His yeah. name is constantly on that list. But he isn't a tour card holder uh, yet. Raymond is, is in for a big year, I think, in terms of the DRA coffers. Um, and do you know what? Gary, and I just don't think he cares anymore. <laughs> yeah, just get Gary for rogue interviews. <laughs> Yes, or Vincent. Or Vin- Vincent is always a good crack to be yeah, on there. Yeah, Vincent's for, always a good shape for a for for a comment. Yeah, one from you, Dan. Vincent, all the way. <laughs> good old Vincent. Bulldoze the lot. And, um, and I look forward to it. I hope he does. I tell. <laughs> I, I hope they put a major in Barnsley just for one year. Could you imagine the look on his face? <laughs> Televised oh, Mace's tournament, Philip. Not oh, a major. Mace, Mace has just trumped. Mace has just trumped us both. Wade, he, he's in for a DRA final as always. <laughs> At some point, always he'll say something stupid. Great shout. Love that. Love that, Chris. Um, right, let's go through. Fallon's definitely good. Um, Jonathan, uh, is Kyle uh, Anderson coming back, lads? Yes, yes. I believe so. I- yeah. Rob, I know you have. I spoke to him the week. Um, I was, I, I spoke to him about three weeks ago, maybe four, and yes, he is coming back. And I'm guessing that's still the same goal. Yeah, I spoke to him in the week um, with a couple of suggestions for accommodation when he returns. Uh, my house isn't quite big enough to put him up, um, but there's a couple of options on the table. Obviously, he is still uh, health orientated first COVID needs to to clear off as, as best as possible for him to be able to make his return especially as someone who um, has had health problems like he has and will be adding a second child to the family uh, early this year um, but yes his intention is still to return to play on the tour he is really enjoying his new uh, darts 
he's changed manufacturer last year to shot. Um, they look really nice as well. His new playing shirt is available recently as well. Um, they're not the moves of a man who's not coming back. They're the, they're the moves of a man who's, who's preparing and making sure he comes back in the right climate. Um, I think he's just as frustrated as a lot of his fans that he hasn't been able to play and participate in the last year or so that he would have liked to, especially with his visa issues previously and previous health issues. He's not had the most fortunate of runs as a professional dark player, but um, his, his talent is there for everyone to see. And once he gets back on the tour, I'm sure he'll be looking to kick on. Definitely. Another one here in the chat room. Is Martin Adams going to Q school? I don't know, but I would be very, very surprised. Um, I think, look, the man is, I don't want to do it a disservice here. I think he's 65 and he's still an absolute genius. But he loves what he's doing. Um, will be one or is one of the all-time greats of the sport. I think that ship sailed. I think if he'd wanted to have done it, I think he'd have done it a few years ago. But part of me would love to see Martin Adams go to Q school, win a tour card and just give it one last one song. How good would that be? 64, Philip. 65 in the summer. So he's going to have you for the next home tour. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look, He's, he's a great talent. He's, he's a very, very consistently high-level dart player, um, especially when he gets time on the board. He's, he was a great champion. He was a great ambassador for the sport. He's overcome health difficulties. Um, and he's a genuinely nice bloke as well. I did an exhibition with him um, up in Lancaster a couple of years back. Um, good entertainer, good with the crowd. Gave everybody time to have a conversation. Uh, he'd be a great addition to the tour, but... Unfortunately, I, I do think 64 is, is not the age to start travelling halfway around the world and jetting off to play darts every weekend. No. Uh, one from, where are we? Nathan here. Which of the established players um, could you see losing their tour card? Good question. We know where we're going here. Wait a minute. Uh, darts rankings. Darts rankings. Darts because <laughs> Darts Ranking is the best site in the world when it comes to looking at rankings. It is genuinely amazing. It, it's so basic, but what they do is, is just so good. It's so clean. It, it's so easy to comprehend. Um, yeah. Back to the question, those in trouble... Darren Webster didn't have a great year last year. He needs to overcome that injury quickly, or he could be one that I could potentially see dropping a little bit further. Yella Klassen is is falling. I wouldn't say he's declining. He went through a tinkering phase. I think he needs to find some form quickly, or he'll be under pressure to keep his card a lot. Um, and then Kyle and Christo, obviously, two established players that have missed a lot of the season due to COVID and, and stayed at home. So they're on the borderline, not for any fault of their own, but could be potentially needing a trip to Q school next year unless they get opportunities and take those opportunities this year. James Wilson, another one. Former Grand Prix quarterfinalist or semi-finalist. I know you I know you went deep at the, the Grand Prix a few years ago because I was in tears about Matt Ward's videos about having to stay at the City West. Um, 
<laughs> I, think he, I think he's got a big year. Ted Evans has got a big year in front of him as well. Um, right on the cusp, only three and a half grand off losing his tour card. Um, Matthew Eggerstein. I think the world is right at the world's winning that game may just give him a buffer. May. I think he'd be cuspy, isn't he? Yeah, Mickey Mansell as well, I think, in a precarious position as well. And Rasma. Have we missed anyone? Yeah. Rasma's first year, isn't he? Is he? No. Not according to... I thought he was second year. But he's he, he's yeah. he's defending quite a bit. Yeah. He's, um... So yeah, that 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 one is for me. We're missing one, guys. Thirty-eight percent. No, I think that's it. I, I think they're the ones that are on the borderline from the rankings at the minute. I don't see anybody else from further up falling too far. The disparity in prize money. I don't think anybody's defending excess amount that they won't pick up a few quid that means that they, they stick in as the 64 so um yeah i think that's the list uh we've lost dan again so let's keep going that's right we'll just, we'll, 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 just, we'll just carry on uh gary do you think the ship has sailed on the wizard yet uh i, I say no on this because every time we say the ship sailed he finds a way to reinvent himself um so, no, I, I don't think so, Gob, you? I've spent three years questioning how he sticks around in the top 16 and then watched him take Michael Van Gogh into the cleaners three times in three different formats, in three different ways as well, three different levels of performance. There was one where he was just sheer consistent, one where his finishing was unbelievable, and one where his 180 was unbelievable. Do I think Whitlock's going to win a world title? No. Do I think he's in contention to stay in the top 16 for another couple of years, cause upsets, make quarterfinals, make semifinals, and potentially go on a run if another major opens up? Yeah, he's shown that over the last year, that he's, he's still got the game and he's still got the belief to do that. I think with Damon coming over, with Kyle returning to the tour, um, the entrance of Corey Cabby a couple of years ago that, we're still waiting for him to make a return to Simon want to be Aussie number one for as long as he can. That's a big legacy to have and to keep and he'll want to cling on to that for as long as possible. So these guys coming over aiming to take that crown as well as push on as an Australian World Cup team and all that will we'll keep him committed to the tour. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, just going through, um, how would you change the Grand Slam as there is no BDO anymore as it was made for both PDC and BDO would you change the name of it no for me that the, the Grand Slam is the Grand Slam you can't change the name but I think that it still needs to have some different element whether it's WDF whether it's MAD um, whether it's four women and four MAD or four women and four WDF the Grand Slam didn't feel like the Grand Slam this year because there was only Suzuki and Wayne that made it different. Just my opinion. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah. 
And in the chat room, let, let us know as well. The grandstand needs to keep its identity somehow. Yeah, I agree. I, I, don't get me wrong. I think the the knockout phase is, is very similar to the match play. It's just quite long, and I, I don't see the need for it to be that long. Don't get me wrong. It makes for some really good games. The quarterfinals this year was a superb day, but I, I think we could have seen that drama in races to 10 still, perhaps. Um, in terms of filling the field, I, I think that the governing bodies, the new emerging ones, the new the new powers in darts, if you like, be it MAD, be it the WDF, be it UKDA through the county ranking system, the thing they've all known since their inception is that the PDC are the daddies. They are the professional body for professional darts, okay? It might not be acknowledged by Sport England as a, as a governing body for blanket darts and grassroots darts across the country, but they are the daddies when it comes to professional. And I think the fact that these three organizations have known that, kept that in mind, been in constant communication with the PDC and with each other to try and make sure they're not stepping on each other's toes, they're doing the right things. The overlap is, is there a little bit, but there's pathways between each. There's, there's opportunities for them to provide the field that I don't think the communication was there in the past, perhaps from the BDO, but because of the size and stature of the history, that was there. So there's options and avenues for the PDC to even cut their numbers down again and really bring in some more of these other organising bodies. Yeah, 100%. Welcome back, Dan. Thanks for joining us in the chat room. It's got welcome back from Gary. <laughs> he missed you. Uh, Mason says, Mason says it will have to be WDF players in it. Maybe not this year as no WDF events prior to the slam. Yeah, I agree. This, this, this is the issue for the, for the amateur bodies until they're allowed to host events again. There's been no darts for them, mm. which, which, which has been a rank. big issue. Can we go off the, um, Toromaninos rankings? <laughs> Everybody loves the Torremolinos Open. <laughs> uh, one from Daz here. Um, is Ted Hankey going to Q School? I'd be surprised. Last time I heard he wasn't in the best of health. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think so is the honest answer to that. The good the one here that we've forgotten, we've commented on this before, Um Andrew thinks Steve Beaton's in danger next year. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Didn't look yeah. Yeah. didn't look anywhere near look, Steve's at that age where he just turns up and plays. He, he doesn't practice for three, four hours a day like the rest of them. He's earned that right to, but yeah, I agree. He is in danger, yes. Um Edward, we answered this earlier. Does Barney get his tour card? Me and Dan think yes, Gob thinks no. Uh, will Jim no, Williams get his tour true. card? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not true, and it hasn't been true for a number of weeks. I think he does he's get a card. I don't want him to. <laughs> I don't want him to. There's a difference. <laughs> I, I, I don't think... After the way that he left the sport and the big fanfare and hurrah, I, I understand why he's coming back and he's been deprived of his years in retirement to do exhibitions and, and still have that steady stream of income and 
I think that's part of the reason why he's going to attempt this comeback. But I just don't think it's right for his his fans and and all that sort of thing. So I don't want him to come back because he's going to draw a lot of media attention for somebody that has been there, has done it. Yes, his switch over changed the game and the balance of professional darts and, and all that. But he underachieved as a PDC dart player. Don't at me. He did. Um, one world title, don't get me wrong, in the fashion he did was superb, but the man should have won a lot more. Took the piss in his final year, quite frankly, kept promising the world to everybody and, and didn't deliver. Um, got his big send-off, got his final Premier League, disappeared and has, has now decided he wants to come back after 18 months. I don't want him to for that reason, but I think he will pick up a card. Fair one. Uh, where are we? Um, Jamie, will Jim Williams get a talk up? We spoke about it earlier. We hope so. Definitely has the ability to. Um, so, fingers crossed. Um, Jamie, again, could you use the current mad bout holders for the Grand Slam? No, I don't dislike the idea. Don't dislike it at all. Only if it they all like barge work. through with big entrance music and nobody knows which one of them is going to play in each group. We need some surprise entrance walk-ons at darts. I'm telling you. If Gerwin Price beats them, I want one of them to pick up a chair, stun her off the edge of the stage. <laughs> Are we going too far now? Um, well, I can't really comment on Price because it would just look like I've got an agenda. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, is, is A.D. Lewis in fear of dropping out the top 32 by the end of the year? Uh, on current form, yes, because he's defending money and his form isn't great. However, AD is top class and has the ability to turn that around. So do I personally think he'll have another bad year? No, I think he'll pick up some good results. What do you guys feel? He's defended 148 grand, 71% of his ranking. I think as far as, you know, you know, on the old darts rankings, like plus minus number, I think at the end of the year, I think there'll only be Rob Cross that's got a bigger minus in places than A.D. Lewis. Oh. <laughs> Dan's just like, him pick the short ball up and absolutely towed it <laughs> over town corner. It's that percentage. So, off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure it's right. I, isn't, I, I'm sure that Rob Cross is defending 85% of his money. 81.4. This year. 81. 81. Like, I wasn't far off. No, Steve Beaton, who we mentioned earlier, is 77, and Lewis is 71. See... I, and I, but I think he's doing it. I think just at where the, the level that, that Rob Cross is, is defending that 81%. So if you went, I'm not being funny, but the higher you go at the top, the bigger the bigger those percentages are in big lumps of money. Um, and, 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 you know, so Rob Cross, if he, you know, if he doesn't make a semi-final this year, like in places, in ranking places, that's at, like A.D. Lewis can probably do one or two semi-finals this year. Like if he can do one semi-final, he won't drop very far at all if he makes one semi-final. Like if Rob Cross doesn't hit a semi-final this year, he's going to lose absolutely vast like positions in the rankings. 
Um, I just think it eighty-one percent. I I I think Eddie Lewis is a, is at risk of a, of a big fall down the table. But I think looking at Rob Cross in number four, it's just such a high percentage to be defending when the guy isn't really playing at his best. He's playing all right, but I just think it's such a huge number to defend. The other flip to that, Gary Anderson's only defending twenty-two percent this year. Price is only defending mid thirties as well. Um, Asp is similar. I oh, know Asp is seventy percent. There was another one I just saw. Dimitri. Dimitri's got a great chance. He's only defending thirty-three percent, hundred and twenty-one. Um, yeah. Jose D'Souza as well. Twenty percent. He's defending sixty-three grand. That's a nice platform this year to really go and attack and launch yourself up as well. So, um, yeah, look, Lewis is in trouble, but he's one of them where at some point this natural ability is going to shine through again. I, I, I still yeah, keep I, the faith I, that he will do something special. Yeah. And we said a lot at the start of the year about how much Gary Anderson was in trouble with the injuries, the lack of form, the lack of playing. He defended all of it kept where he was, and is now set up for another 18 months to go absolutely berserk. So if, if Lewis can somehow get away with it this year, defend the majority, maybe even defend it all and pick up a bit more with one or two really, really good deep runs, could be seen him in the Premier League next year. That that would just be the Lewis that we know, wouldn't it? It would be so Eddie Lewis to spring back like that, just as likely to drop off as he is to be a top eight. Yeah. And I've still got no idea like Gary Anderson defended that money this year. To this day, I still no idea. Bad knee, oh, bad everything. Match play final or the world final will do that for you, but I'm still not sure how he made either. No, that's what I mean. I, look, we, we saw him play those games, but to this day, I've still got no idea how he did it. None whatsoever. <laughs> um, but that... That is Gary Anderson. That brings us on to a nice cross into what we're going to do. We've done a few questions. We'll come back to your questions in a minute. But one of the things that it came about, I was listening to a football podcast and it made me think about darts a little bit. It's icon versus legend, everyone. Now, now, now bear with me. Legend is a massively overused word, in not just darts, but any sport. Now, how do you differentiate between a legend of the sport and an icon, someone that had a good tour for a years and was, was an icon in, in that period of time, but not necessarily enough to, 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 to go into a legend status. And I'm going to put this one out there. People in the chat room might not like this, but I'm going to use Steve Beaton as an example. Is he a legend or is he an icon? And I say that because he won the World Championship in 94, 93, 94, somewhere around there but never won a PDC TV title. So is he an icon of that era or is he a legend of the game? Let us know in the chat room as well, as well what, what you're thinking. Are we looking at this too much? And it, what what's the difference? And how do you cross between the two? Before I open to you guys, first of all, Dan, what do, what do you think? I, I think it's I, I think it's one of those things. It's really difficult to talk. So everything we've discussed so far, do you know what we can really easily do? We can like quickly have a quick Google and we can like look on like we can look at numbers, we can look at like current positions, previous positions, 
you know, and 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 if we could, whereas this, it's like it's so open that you're always going to get loads of debate because it, it, it's it's a bit of what you like. You know, there'll be there'll be something that there'll be somebody that thinks that you know somebody that that it takes Phil Taylor, you know, and to to that that is that is a legend. So so if you say Phil Taylor's a legend, and you say right, Phil Taylor is a legend of darts. Who are the other legends? You say, well, we're going to measure them against him. Oh, there isn't any there, like because there isn't any because because so who if you want to put in number, you know, yes, 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 that was the debate we were going to have this week, and he's pushed it back till Jar's here to defend him. Yes, we'll go in on that. Phil Taylor is the number Where's one. The you, seat, Dad, you can come again. Get him. <laughs> so see, I don't necessarily you haven't you haven't let me finish. I don't necessarily think that that's the kit. What I think is. It depends on how you interpret it. It's what you so you could just say, well, you know, on that alone, well, well, who do you put next to him? But then, but then you're in the question as to, well, what what does it make? You know, what what's legendary? You know, Steve Steve Beaton, like we've just spoke about Steve Beaton within the last three or four minutes, saying we think there's a decent chance he's going to plumb it down. Like what Steve Beaton does, something like thirty years within the top, is it thirty years in the top thirty-two or something outrageous like that? It, it is is that something that that then is legendary. It depends where you where your line is and what you classify. And we'll all do it differently because of what we like. Um I, I think it's dead subjective and, and we'll argue about it forever. No hundred percent that's why I like it. That's why we brought it all up. Because I, I just think that in any sport legend is it's overused. Far too overused. I can see God writing down a list right now. You can't. <laughs> so, where's where, where, your the line then? And everybody else is therefore an icon, and that's that's an issue. Where, where where's your line then, Joel? I don't know because I I thought I had it, and then I've genuinely just seen a comment that's completely thrown it. Beaten is an icon. Paul Lim is a legend. Well, to me, he's bang on, but I can't tell you why. Because Beaton's done more <laughs> apart from <laughs> being <laughs> one guy. That, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's completely frozen. My list is gone. I've given up. We've absolutely started something here, haven't we? The icons, ver- the icons versus legend debate has really opened one here. Yeah. I knew it here's another level to, to it, right? So just on and off side. So looking as a memory prompt to things to, for things I wanted to offer, I looked at the Hall of Fame. Is the Hall of Fame for legends or for icons? Or both? Both. It's got to be for both because I know some of the names in there and they're certainly not legends. Both. Interesting one from Jamie here. One one world championship winners cannot be considered as legends or icons. You you can be an icon in that that time. I I disagree with that one. I've never defended the world championship, Philip. Where do you stand on those? Legendary. Oh, scared. Scared. <laughs> you know what I'm getting at. 
Um, I'll tell you what, this, this, this has got the chat room buzzing again as well. Oh, I'll tell you what, Martin's pulled one out of the hat here. And this, this is a good one to base it on. Colin Lloyd, legend or icon? Icon. Icon for me. Icon. Yeah. See, this is, this is what we're going to do. We'll tell you if they're a legend or an icon. It's just, it's just I, want, I want to see where your list is. One sec. See, some of these are proper borderline. Yeah. The definitive list of legends is Phil Taylor and Eric Bristow. Everybody else is subjective. And I'm debating whether or not they should be in one or the other. My list is longer than that, as written legends, but they're the only two that do not move. You can make a case for everyone else being in the opposite by comparison to other people from the era or the modern era. So other people I had written down as a legend is Jockey Wilson. Absolute legend of the game. Did he win enough? Yeah, no, I, this, this, is, this is why I like it. This is what we brought up. I like it. This Dennis Priestley. I don't think Priestley gets anywhere near the amount of recognition the man deserves. I think he was unbelievable. Begrudgingly, I think Barney has or was elevated to a legend status. And that is off the basis of the one world title, the PDC world title. Or the five world titles, so, if you like. But, but, his but, 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 Gob, if you if you say that about Barney, then you're gonna have to put Rob Cross in as well, aren't you? <laughs> as a one time PDC world champion, well, yeah, the same if that's point, your I line, pick Adrian I Lewis and Gary Anderson. I, I don't think you could be a legend if, if your if career's that... over, right? I, I don't think you could be in this debate if you're a current player. You're not a legend oh, okay. until you're done. You, because you can still balls this up. You can still do no, something fine. terribly I, wrong. You can well, do an like OJ that. Simpson tomorrow. You're not a legend. You're impressed. I like that idea. I like that once you're well, retired, yeah. you're... Yeah. I, 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 his, his legend is a, le, is, a le, is a legend simply a retired icon. Is that is that... Is that all a legend is? Just a retired icon? Uh, no, I'd, I'd still think... I think means Barney's sport. no longer a legend because he's coming back. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the moment, he's still... Until, Q, until Q still, he's still technically retired. Yeah, and that would also mean that if he fails Q school, he remains a legend. <laughs> <laughs> Told you, he's getting his card. Um, this is a nightmare. What? Uh, I also had Bob Anderson. Yeah. As a legend. And Martin Adams. Martin Adams, I'm 100% with you on that. 100%. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it, like, it, a few that are. Andy Ford is an icon for me. Yeah, no, I agree. Ted Hankey. I doesn't get the recognition he deserves. At all. But again, I just don't think he had... 
I mean, he's from an era slightly before or coming towards the end of his career at the point where I've really got into the game. But I don't think he carried enough about himself to be a legend. He'd, he'd be an icon for me. No, it's fine. Keith Della? Icon. No, I agree. Look, look, Keith Della's career can be summed up in three words. One, three, eight. That's it. Thanks, Keith. <laughs> oh, it, it, it is a couple that I like. Terry Jenkins, icon for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's a bit of a legend to me. I love the man. The fact he just disappeared without any fuss as well. I love about Terry. Like, yeah, I'm off. Didn't make a big deal about it. Shaved all his head because he, he had issues with that and just got on with it. Didn't care, didn't make a fanfare, got on with it. I'm going to name drop him the likes of Co Stompe. Here's one, but or split opinion, and it's where you think Bobby George. Legend. Legend. I, I say legend because, because of the news of the world. To win that, I think he's twice. got to be a legend. Yeah, and to win it without dropping a leg, because of Bobby. Yeah, uh, John Lowe. Do you legend, think 100%. That, Do you think that there's some about people who cross into the mainstream? You know, like people who like um, so darts players that my mum will have heard of. That that that. She she might know the names of like four darts players, and like do you just think they're just people that are sort of blend into popular culture as famous people get get that legendary, or, or is it just on darts prestige alone rather than their effect on the world? No, I, if this is purely a, a sport, are you a legend of the sport or an icon of the sport? Um, oh, Trina Gulliver, legend, legend. legend. Has to be for longevity. Mm-hmm. Um, Mace brings a good point up here. Longevity has a lot of bearing on both. I agree. The status is subjective. Yeah, hundred um, percent. It's good. I, I, I like these debates. John Parts, another one. And then- is he coming through Q School? Does that devalue his career or does that devalue his status? Because it wouldn't be the first time that he's been at Q school or attempted to go back and, and play at that level. I think she think he loves playing still. I think he's stuck yeah. whilst yeah. I can still play. I'm 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 gonna do it. Um, Here's a quick question. Yeah, if if you win the BDO World Championship three years on the bounce, are you a legend? It's one of only two people to have done it. Two, three. You don't know which one two. I'm talking about. No, I the one sat behind you on the wall. 
But again, he hasn't he hasn't retired yet, and we're saving this debate for retired people. I've just seen Lisa Ashton's name pop up as well. I think she'll get a, a lot more credit when she retires for what she did yeah, in the ladies' I, game I and also what she's doing I, in the men's game as well. I think... I mean, I'm looking at players like Tony O'Shea. He... Is he an icon or is he a legend? Because he's been around for so long. Went to so many, the lengths of it. But is it just your playing or is it your personality that makes you an icon or a legend as well? Because one of the players I'm going to bring up now would be considered a legend, but didn't actually win is Phil Nixon. Yeah. Hmm. But is he a legend because of the tragic circumstances that surrounded his life and him not winning that world final? Or is he a legend based on ability and all that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. To be fair, Mace, Mace is on fire in the chat room today. Loving this, buddy. He's put, I put these into three categories. Legend, icon and great players. Cool, yeah. Right. When we do the debate, we're going to add in this as well. And we're going to put lists together for these. So, can we have some notes before we do this next week so I can do some proper research? Please. Yeah, it won't be, it, <laughs> it won't be next week because it's, it's the Masters preview next week. So, I've got four pages of notes on why Phil Taylor is better than Michael Van Gerwen. And you've moved it away for four weeks again. Because Jar's got some plasterers in his new house. He's not. He's playing with Thomas the Tank, remember? Um, right, everyone, we're getting <laughs> to that point of the show. Get any more questions into the chat room. We're going to have another five minutes or so. Any questions you want, get them in. Christmas, Chris Mason shirts, legendary. No question about that. They go straight into legendary bracket. Harrington's waistcoats. In the bin. <laughs> yeah, Bobby George's doing... shirt. Yeah, Legend. little tips out, Bobby. <laughs> Legend. Um. So yeah. Painter icon, um, maybe one pro, one player's champs. Price could become a legend. Yeah, could be the first to just swap cool. between sports, really. Really? To be fair, though, I, I agree. I, I like the status. You can't be put in legend or icon until you retire. Yeah. I like that. Plenty of time to mess up yet, guys. I, I think Gary will be there. He's, he's one of the most natural talents we've ever seen, but he's not a legend yet. His, his career ain't done yet. If he carries on moaning, it might. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Luke's in Wright's Grinch costume in the bin. <laughs> Mr. Christmas himself is binning off the Christmas outfit. Surprised your decorations aren't still up, Philip. We had to remind you to take the, the Christmas decoration off of our logo, for Christ's sake. Wait a minute. You can see... Oh, let me grab me light. The paint swabs are on the wall. I'm decorating. <laughs> See, this this is what lockdown's done. It's sending me nuts. It's just like, yeah, I better decorate. Um, 
so right, right. Let's let, let's go back through. Uh, good point, Mesa. Like that. Oh, best best start shirts, classic and modern. Oh, good question. Oh. Who do I really like? As far as classic goes, I still really like the Eric Bristow shirt, just the red with the Crafty Copley logo on the back. Oh, I need to wear anything. Have you gone again, Gob? Oh, two seconds. Hello. Yeah, I can hear you, mate. Oh, can you still hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, just about. There we go. Yeah. Oh, no, this is going um, swimmingly. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's the, 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 the modern age of, of technical advances. Uh, yeah, classic dark shirts. I really like the Bristow one, just the red with the Crafty Cockney logo on the back. Um, yeah, I've, I've got a friend who collects Bristow memorabilia, and it, it's mad. He's obsessed, but he's it's just very I, classic. Very it's just, like, it's just iconic, that shirt and logo. In terms of modern shirts... Mm, yeah. Gary's is quite simple. Stands out. Yeah. Without um, being over-obsessed. Uh, check. Yeah. Do you know, I quite like the simplicity and um, and sort of business-like nature of uh, James Wade. Mm-hmm. Just you know, shirt. simple. Yeah, That's all the way anymore. A lot of players have like that. Uh, lightweight uh, zip up or, or button at the chest polo, but him and Gary still full out button up, and I love it. Yeah, and I like the idea of it. Yeah, Nico as well. Nico in a tie is good. Uh, See, so I like Peter Manley's pink flamingos and stuff like that. I'm more of a. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's let's go through um, final questions. Here we are. Um, Style beats again. Who is who, in your opinion, is the best PDC player never to have won a major? Jenkins. I've got two, Jenkins and, and Michael Clark Smith. A, yeah. Yeah, Mike, I think Michael uh, Smith. Yeah. Terry Jenkins and Michael Smith for us. Uh, I think Chizzy Dan, might sneak more... into the conversation. Not with that snatch. <laughs> um, Dan, you've got more chance of seeing Phil Taylor at the end of a rainbow with a pot of gold with a leprechaun than you have seeing him at Q School, mate. Absolutely no chance whatsoever. Um, so, last few then. Any more questions that we've missed? Again, guys, have a look through the chat room to see if you can see any. 
Will James Wade end up a legend? I think he needs a world title for me. And I think if he doesn't win one, an extension of the question we just answered on best players to have never won a major, he'd certainly be up there on best players to have never won a world title. I already think he's in contention for one of the best left-handed players of all time um, because of his win record elsewhere. But we've said it multiple times and it's going to be the the pin to my Taylor MVG debate. So I've got to say it now. World titles define your career, right? That's what sets you apart. And he needs one. Mason's put another two on there. He's got Smith and Jenkins like us. Baxter and King, good shouts. Yeah, Merv needs one. Yeah, complete. Completely Merv, agree, Merv's nice. still playing good enough to win one as well, whereas we've seen a couple of other players drop off. But I genuinely think Merv could get over the line at the minute. I think if he'd go over the line at the Masters the in that James Wade oh, yeah, game, yeah. the players. Was it? No, it was Masters, wasn't it? Yeah, the Masters. I was about the players this year when he lost to MBG as yeah. well. Yeah. I'd love to this year, but that, that Masters game was, was, the, was the one for Merv. I think that might be the one that gets away. Um, Jason Lowe, the most basic shirt he can get. Yeah, doesn't even have his name on it. Just did a <laughs> deal with Don's gear for you. Uh, they're fantastic. Anderson's old shirt was elite. That year that he signed a deal with Creepy Clothing or whatever they were called. Foul fashion. Foul fashion. Foul fashion. Way model shirt, that was a classic to be fair. Just seeing all I'm saying is knowing Gary like I do and how he likes the most simplistic shirts, that sponsorship deal must have been worth an absolute small fortune to get him to wear those shirts. The photo shoot is so uncomfortable, it's hilarious how uncomfortable <laughs> it is. Is is constant yeah. amusement of why am I here? And then he just must have dollar signs in his eyes with contact lenses or something. Because he's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, to, to, to get him to wear them, I'd hate to have seen what they've written in that check. Because it would have been absolutely obscene. Uh, right, I think that is all the questions done. So we are going to wrap up tonight's Live Lounge. Everyone, it has been absolute pleasure to have you on the live lounge again on a Monday. Like I say, Monday's our slot. We will only change it when we absolutely have to. Next week, we will have the Masters preview. Um, we've got some good interviews coming up on Online Darts as well. Got one with Mace going to happen this week as well. So stay tuned for that. It is always a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us. You spent nearly two hours of your evening with us and we massively appreciate it. Thank you very much. Dan. Debut on the live lounge. Thank you very much, mate. Hope you enjoyed it. Gob, always a pleasure, mate. Back next week. I've been Phil Bars. Everyone, thank you very much. And we will see you on the live lounge next week. <laughs>